Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time for Come and Talk It with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last decade, Michael has championed and supported the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks, a veteran of the United States Army, and has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets such as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC World News, Huffington Post, and the New York Times. Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Good day, Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world. Let's praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. All right, so it's been, man, it's been like two weeks since we've been on air. Uh, last weekend was Easter. and we, we skipped out, did a little vacation. I hope everyone had a great Easter. Uh, that's that time of year when, you know, we all hope that, well, basically, you know, Jesus told his disciples, you know, go ahead and sell your, sell your cloak and buy yourself a sword. Uh, so, in other words, yeah, Jesus had a gun. You know, things may have been a little different. I know you're going to get me for that, aren't you? I, didn't, I wasn't going to say anything. I just looked at you dramatically. I didn't know what else to do. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's okay. That's okay. All right, and so uh, this week, what I want to chat about a little bit about is uh, school, well, mass shootings. Uh, we have this thing of mass shooters, uh, and I think really what the problem is, is that we're glorifying them a little bit and they're it's like they're they're the anniversaries you know they're coming back and or someone will come back and try to outdo that previous shooter uh this last shooting uh, which was uh, the one we're talking about yesterday uh it, it actually happened exactly six months to the day to the hour as the trio life synagogue shooting that happened in pittsburgh pennsylvania um and the one yesterday was the Poway Synagogue in San, San Diego, California. And, and it was like something out of, uh, man, it was like Jason Bourne. You had people passing guns to other people trying to stop the shooter. It was, it was awesome when it comes to like heroes and people stepped up, you know, to get this guy and to stop him. Talking about a, a good guy with a gun. That's what we're talking about right there. So if more people carried, we got, got some security at this point in the game. We need to step our step it up when it comes to security. We need to get more security officers out there. People need to start caring. You know, even in church, I believe in praise the Lord and pass that ammunition. Uh, definitely want to go to church, want to read the scripture, get the good word, and also protect myself while I'm sitting there in church as well. So I want to talk a little bit about that today as well. Uh, talk about some of those shootings. You had the Columbine, uh, the young lady that went from Florida all the way to Colorado just so she can. Try to carry out a another Columbine style shooting. You know, it's 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 crazy. So you you cannot legislate crazy. We can't stop these people, but you know, beforehand, if you can't do that, then the least we can do is to 
give everyone the tools they need to protect themselves and, you know, see if we can stop them once they start the mayhem. But inside the studio, guess who we have? We have Blake Bowman. Uh, Blake is very passionate about biomechanics, uh, posture coaching, strength strength training and deadlifts and nature and all that stuff. But he's also passionate about firearms. And Blake is here from Michigan, all the way from Michigan. Detroit, as a matter of fact, a little outside of Detroit. Everyone says Detroit, you know, they picked the large city. But we know he's out from, you know, some little small city outside of Detroit. Right, Blake? That's right, man. <laughs> all right, so welcome to Come and Talk It. Yeah, thank you for having me on. Absolutely. So, Blake, you know, kind of tell us first, you know, about your passion uh, with, you know, coaching and strength training and stuff like that. Yeah, man. Well, I believe that, uh, you know, mental and spiritual strength is correlated with physical strength. And uh, I believe in cultivating all three. And uh, physical strength is uh, something that I was just always involved with, with with regards to my history as an athlete. And, uh, you know, I was a wrestler growing up very involved with different combat sports, wrestling, judo, jiu-jitsu, did some MMA when I was like 17 to 18, something called shoot fighting, which is this really weird thing where you can basically punch people in the head with an open hand, kind of like a slap, but you could strike to the body with a closed fist. So you can only punch to the body with a closed fist, but you can hit people. So you're that kid, you know, when we're (laughs) sitting in class and, you know, we did our hands like this, you know, hold your hands up and played a little slap game. Oh, yeah, I I was good at that. But uh, yeah, man, you know, I've just, I was, I work in the health and wellness industry now and it's just kind of always been a passion of mine, something I've naturally, you know, moved into as a result of my athletic background and I had a bunch of health freaks as uh, parents, so. Now you you, you come all the way from Michigan to Austin, Texas, and this is the, you know, the liberal mecca for the state of Texas. And what brings you to Austin? Yeah, well, I'm here for an event right now called Paleo FX. It's a big paleo conference, so there's lots of health and wellness vendors here, fitness people, and uh, yeah, that kind of stuff. So that's what I'm in town for, man. All right. And so, you know, you have a passion about guns and firearms. So what is this passion? Yeah, well, you know, I was uh, born and raised in a conservative Christian family. I shot my first firearm when I was like five, had a BB gun when I was around that same age, and uh, always... You know, a lot of my youth was filled with uh, outdoors trips with my dad, hunting trips, deer hunting, hunting for, you know, small game birds and stuff like that. So for me, you know, having firearms was just a uh, part of life and nothing I ever really questioned. And uh, yeah, man. So, you know, naturally as a result of that, I'm still an outdoorsman. I'm still a hunter and I'm still a believer and proponent of Second Amendment rights just naturally as a result of my exposure and familiarity with with firearms nice what's your carry piece i don't actually carry what <laughs> yeah uh take if care i of that if i did though i would carry my 38 that i have a revolver yep why um probably because it's lightweight and small enough to easily carry without you know now typically people shoot kind of high with a revolver because they're kind of not used to it. they're not used to the sights you know, you have that tall front sight, little short rear sight. Gotcha. They tend to shoot like high. You know, you, you feel like you're kind of proficient with the revolver a little bit. Yeah, I go to the range a lot. Deep. I'm more proficient with that than I am with my 45. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, then that's good. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm actually better with a long gun. I'm better with a rifle. I actually like shooting ARs. Awesome. That's Yeah. I mean, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, those little wheel guns are more reliable anyway. Yeah, that's true. You pull the trigger and it, and it will shoot. 
Uh, it's not going to jam. Uh-uh. No, and and that, that's what I recommend for the ladies. Uh, you know, if the ladies are going to you know carry like in their purse or something like that, carry a revolver so that way in case they have to reach their hands in their purse and fire that gun, you know, it's reliable. It a will hammerless shoot. revolver for a woman in a purse. Oh yeah, absolutely. It will shoot. It will fire. Absolutely. Nothing to snag it. And yeah, mine has a hammer. Does it? If I could repurchase it, I'd probably get a hammerless one. For well, that no, reason. you don't want to repurchase. Which one do you? you don't, well, you want to buy another one. Yeah, that's what you want to do. Yeah. Just, you want to get a second gun. Oh, yes. <laughs> just add to my collection. Yeah, add. You, know, you, know, you don't take away. You're just going to add to it. All right, we're talking with uh, Blake Bowman. He's uh, out of Michigan. We're also talking about you know mass shooters. Man, I tell you, I, I want to talk about this Columbine stuff. I want to talk about the Poway Synagogue. I want to talk about the fact that you know there are ladies that are trying to date mass shooters. What is up with that? This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Hello, this is Gerald Darty, and I'm the Precinct 3 County Commissioner here in Travis County, and you're listening to Come and Talk It. Talk 1370. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back and we're at our guest here inside the studio, Blake Bowman. He's from Michigan. Um, and Blake has a passion for firearms. But, we're, you know, this, this weekend, we're talking about, you know, this mass shooting stuff uh, with all the different mass shooters. And I, I want to take a look at this, um, the Shabbat of Poway Synagogue shooting that took place in San Diego, California. And I want to focus on that a little bit because, man, I, I, I think at this point in the game, we really need to step up our security um, and have security officers. Uh, this guy walked up to this synagogue, you know, wearing like a flak, like a flak vest and a helmet. I mean, he was prepared to take out like 60 people. But if it wasn't for the fact that, you know, the the rabbi had a gun, wasn't for the fact that, you know, another member of the synagogue uh, had a gun who was able to pass that gun to an off-duty um Border Patrol agent who didn't happen to have his gun with him, you know, then more than just one person would have perished, you know. So they definitely saved lives. And I wish, man, I wish we could have stopped this guy um, in the parking lot. But I'm, I'm just just amazed how all this stuff played out. The fact that uh, the, you know, one of the members passed their gun to, you know, the Border Patrol agent. The Border, Border Patrol agent grabbed the gun. He's running out the synagogue and you know trying to catch this guy and firing shots in the back of his vehicle man they they were definitely on their game and trying to stop this guy and and he ran and and that's what always happens whenever a shooter comes in they they con- they're confronted with someone with a gun they either run or get shot yeah the duration of a mass shooting always depends on the arrival of the second gun yeah and 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 he his his goal with the way he was dressed and and and, and the amount of ammunition that he had, he was trying to take out 60 or more people. He's trying to, you know, do outdo the previous shooting that happened six months prior. So, uh, it w- you know, and let me ask, um, I want to ask Blake here, you know, what, sh- what are your thoughts when it comes to, because people are, you know, people always, 
<sighs> they jump on our case right now and they're saying, you know, we should ban AR-15s. We need to ban uh, the AR-15. They're not saying assault weapons now. They're actually being really good. The, the key word on Twitter right now, it's actually trending, is AR-15. They're, very, they're being very specific and they're wanting to ban AR-15s. You know, what are your thoughts, you know, when it comes to rifles and stuff? Yeah, well, first of all, you know, you never really hear in the media stories of what you just shared, Michael, you know, they're underreported. And uh, the mass perception is that, uh, you know, these mass shootings are not effectively stopped by, you know, citizens, you know, using the Second Amendment. Um, so there, I think there's a, uh, I think these happen a lot. Um, and a lot of these shootings are stopped because of citizens. Um, and they're not, uh, you know, people are not aware of them. But, uh yeah, what was the question with regards to, to rifles? What do I feel about? Yeah, so how do you feel, you know, about people wanting to ban AR-15s when they're picking on the the rifle? You know, yeah. they're picking on that item, you I know, think that, that tool. Yeah, I think most people that, uh, you know, are proponents of that idea just don't really understand weapons too much, semi-automatic weapons and uh, the lethality, if that's a word, <laughs> of those weapons uh, versus something like a car, like what we saw in uh, you know France a couple of years ago or whenever that was. You know, it's people oftentimes argue that they're more lethal than other semi-automatic weapons, but I mean, I don't think that's true in reality. Um, in Michigan, we have laws on magazine, uh, the amount of rounds that a, a magazine can hold. And uh, it's pretty small. So it's like the argument that these are more lethal than other semi-automatic weapons, which are legal, it doesn't really make any sense. And then Felicia, what do you think? They want to ban your AR. Well, that's uncomfortable since my AR sits right next to my bed. Um, I think that people trying to focus on the AR-15 right now is very similar to their fascination with the bump stock. They don't truly understand what it is. They don't truly understand what it does. But it keeps popping up in all these news reports that people are watching and they're not doing any other research and they're not looking into anything else that would make them truly educated individuals when it comes to the Second Amendment. And I think it's just a scapegoat so that the non-pro Second Amendment crowd has something to latch on to and has something to kind of gain traction with. I'm not giving up any of my rights. I have my bump stock. I have my AR-15 and you will. Well, she really doesn't them. have her bump stock. You will. Rem- I don't. Yeah, you will remove them from me over my cold, dead body. I will not ever waver on my Second Amendment rights ever, and that's not something that I'm ever willing to give traction on. And and you know and I, I apologize. I'm I'm not on uh, on Facebook right now. I, we're actually broadcasting from the Central Texas Gunworks Facebook page, and and also we're on the Come and Talk at Facebook page, not on the personal page, Michael Cargill. Uh, what happened about two weeks ago, it, It's we were actually moving that page from the name of the page, which is, for some strange reason, for about, I don't know, 12 years, the name of that page has been called Syntex Guns instead of Michael Cargill. So we were changing the name to Michael Cargill, and then in the process of doing that, we actually got locked out of Facebook, and they want to send me a code to our landline at the office. So that's the phone number that we have for that account, So which we can't get text messages on the landline. So anyone out there in you know that works for Facebook, I know I have people that have taken our class that that are customers of ours that are Facebook you know employees. If you're with Facebook, definitely reach out to me because I like to get that account unlocked somehow and just have them send the code to an email address. You know my email address is fine. So until then, we're kind of locked out of that account, which is crazy. Locked out of social media. I've missed you. <laughs> you, you what? 
I've missed you. You oh. haven't liked or commented on any of my stuff. I texted you. I said, are you in Facebook jail? <laughs> he says he's not, but this is a type of Facebook jail. Sure. At least it'll keep you out of trouble for a little while. <laughs> I didn't keep, keep me from going to Facebook jail. <laughs> I don't know. A lot of people are on Instagram. You know, like you're on Instagram, right? Yep. Uh, so what do you do? You, uh, do you do Facebook at all? Yeah, I'm on Facebook a little bit. A little bit. Not Usually much. just sharing my stuff on Facebook that I'm sharing on Instagram. But you like Instagram better. Yeah. Why do you like Instagram better? It's just a little bit more uh, easy to achieve reach on there. Get your message in front of more people. Huh. I, haven't, I, I gotta try that. I haven't tried it as much. I guess I've I started talking trying to... to you about boosting your Insta presence for probably <laughs> a year and a half now. My Insta presence. Well, organic reach is dead. Anyone who doesn't accept that is living in the past. So you're not going to get organic reach on Facebook, but yeah. you can achieve a little more organic reach on Insta. Oh, Instagram? Yep. On Insta and Twitter. I do this for a living. Oh, wow. No what big you, deal. I'm offering you, my services to you for free. But. Have you tried Instagram? Yeah, I'm on it. I don't know anything about it. Blake is uh, like a guru. Zach's on in Insta. In terms of that type of stuff. I've never like Janai. Janai's a guru with it, too. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> she is. Janai's a guru. Janai's got a lot of followers. It helps if you're busty. Blake, how many followers do you have on Instagram? Uh, Just under 70,000. Okay, so you haven't hit that million mark yet? Not yet, man. Oh, man. I'm, I'm, I'm reaching. I'm trying to go for the million. <laughs> I'm, like a, I'm like at 2,000. <laughs> hey, man. You'll get there. Uh, slowly but surely. You just got to persist. <laughs> Uh, maybe I'll show, uh, I'll show some more uh, gun pictures or something like that. Maybe that'll work. No? Your vibe attracts your tribe. You know what I'm saying? My vibe. Your vibe, man. Yeah. You want more people like yourself? You just got to keep putting out that vibe. See, Blake is too cool. He's just like Your, your Instagram's vibe, kind of all over the place. <laughs> is it? Why do you say that? Yeah. Well, you don't really have a brand. Like, I don't know what I'm going to get when I go to Central Texas Gunworks on Insta. Or come and talk it on Insta. I ne- I well, come and talk is not on Instagram, get. so we got to get that on Instagram. I knew. I know that you had one of them on there and yeah. one wasn't, but I never know what I'm going to get. You don't have a brand. Yeah. If people know what to expect when they're going to your brand, then they're more likely to tune in. That's why you get such great viewership on come and talk it. True, they yeah. know what to expect. Yeah, the you're, last... you're crazy and you hang out with at least three crazy friends a week. That's what they get. That's true. But on Insta, they don't know what to expect. Is it going to be a goat? Is it going to be a pink gun? Is it going to be you acting weird in yeah. the Yeah, because the last one was me and, me and the goat. Yeah, I think we have a goat for the gun store. Here lately, wow, it's dude. been you and the goat, yeah. A gun goat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's awesome, man. <laughs> but that's not really... Let me talk to him right now. Hey! See, that's between me and the goat. He knows what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't... <laughs> I don't really have anything to say, but you don't really have a brand, and so you have to solidify your brand and who you are in order to get a following on Insta. Yeah, Blake's got uh, this uh, thing that he does. He'll... He'll wag his finger and say, uh, what that do is, you do exactly? Yeah, that's my, uh, like, uh, if you don't want this, that's say, my no, thing. don't do this. Yeah, and I'll, then he shows I'll, you how to do it and fix it. And then I'll put I'll put myself in a really weird like postural position, like I'll hunch over and like look all bizarre. Like the way I'm doing right now. No, I'll do something, I'll like hunch over like this and I'll like look at the I'll look at the camera and then I'll like shake my finger, like, no, 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 don't do this. And then I'll like show an exercise to like improve your posture. See, now you got me conscious of it. I'm like sitting upright. Every time I, I like talk about posture, okay, every time people figure out I help people improve posture, they always like straighten up and they're like, "Oh, this is a this is a posture guy. I better you know 
sit differently. Got to impress him. I'm still going to slouch, but that's awesome that you have a great brand on Insta. You have yeah. something that you're known for. You're like the, the posture guy. Yeah, I'm glad. In my family, we call that my grandma, but like you can be, <laughs> you can be the posture guy in the studio, but that's what you need. Michael, who are you? Michael. I almost called you Zach. Um, you need to figure out like who you are, what your brand is, what your message is, and then stick with it. So you have a, a certain amount of push-ups you can do? I can do a lot. A hundred? Yeah, I can do a hundred. How old are you? 29. Oh, you're a young guy. I remember when I was 29. I was 29. I was doing 104. In like one set? Yeah, in two minutes. That's pretty good. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Feel the burn after that one. Yeah, I didn't want to do anything else. But then we had to run. We had to do sit-ups and also run two miles. That was when I was in the Army. That's uh, a good warm-up right there. Those days are gone. <laughs> <laughs> push-ups, sit-ups, and run two miles. <laughs> I can't even push-ups. You do up, like 25 up. push-ups now? I do 25. Yeah. A lot of the people I work with are military. Are they? Yeah, you guys always get messed up from rucking and wearing combat boots and all that stuff. It's not good for your body. All right, we're talking with Blake Bowman. We're also talking about shooters. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk. Hey, this is AWR Hawkins, Breitbart News, and you're listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. Talk 1370. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so let's switch gears just a little bit, talk about the NRA convention. Man, I tell you, that was definitely interesting. So the NRA president steps down. Oliver North uh, on Saturday announced the fact that he was stepping down as the president. And it was just it was crazy. Uh, and I, I was hoping that someone was going to say something about bump stocks. I didn't hear anything. And so that's why I didn't attend the NRA convention. People always ask me, you know, are you going to go to the NRA convention this year? Going to go to the NRA convention? No, 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 not going until they mention bump stocks. Because, you know, my thing is, it's it's not about bump stocks. It's not about that at all. It's it's about you know an agency, uh, the Department of our federal government, actually banning something and then confiscating it and not compensating you for it. Yeah, they're just uh, deciding that they want to take them and. They took them. Yeah, and so uh, no recourse. And so, man, it, it was it was just crazy uh, over the weekend, Friday and Saturday, uh, with all this this announcement of Oliver North stepping down. And man, I tell you, if Oliver North is your man, if he's your whistleblower, <laughs> you're screwed. <laughs> Let me tell you for sure. So there's some kind of financial wrongdoing. Yeah, yeah. You know more about that? I don't. I don't know. And I know that uh, the New York Attorney General is investigating. So. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we'll see what happens with that. An investigation into the NRA's financial practices. Yeah. And whether or not it should retain its nonprofit status. Yeah. Which I don't think they're doing anything wrong. I think they're just being picked on right now. And and the easy way to pick on a nonprofit organization is to go over their books and, and check their books. You know, I don't I I'm confident that the NRA is doing what they're supposed to do when it comes to that. You know, what I you know don't like is the fact they're not standing up, you know, on everything. You know, they're not staying like gun owners for America and stuff like that. So I'm 
I'm just that's what I'm upset about. But there's nothing. I'm, I'm confident in the fact that they're doing what they're supposed to do finance finance wise. Yeah, it's hard to follow gun owners of America. You know, how can you do much better than that? Yeah, pretty yeah. much leading the way. And then and then all the the stuff that happened uh, this past week with um, at the Capitol in Texas uh, with um, Chris McNutt, um, who is with uh, one of the organizations who's actually block walking. And in the Speaker of the House uh, district, and then the Speaker claiming that you know he that Chris McDuck was actually intimidating him, you know him by you know going to his house, uh, which actually turned out to be false. There's nothing intimidating about it at all, especially when the body cam footage was released by the Texas Department of Public Safety um, officers there. So there was no intimidation whatsoever. Uh, Chris McNutt just walked up. Say, hey, how you doing? I'm passing out flyers. I'm just passing out flyers in the district of the speaker. And in the one of the troopers said, okay, you know, looked at the flyer and said, hey, well, I'll put the flyer on the door and went on about his way. You know, there was no intimidation. There was no interception that the troopers didn't have to intercept this guy or anything like that. So, man, I tell you, we just have craziness going, going on all over the place. Yeah. And then the speaker uses this whole intimidation uh, as an excuse, basically, to kill the bill. And he says that that's the reason and we're why. Talking about, what we're talking about is constitutional carry. Uh-huh. Uh, the fact that constitutional carry <clears throat> by the speaker is is said to be dead in Texas. Constitutional carry is so that, you know, you don't need a license to carry openly or concealed. You'll be able to carry your handgun because the Constitution says so. Well, that bill is said to be dead in Texas because one person um, went to the speaker's district and passed out flyers saying, hey, you know, speaker's not, you know, we want the speaker to support what the Republican Party said is one of the main priorities for this session. And so, you know, go ahead, Felicia, because you, I know you want to say something about that because you're like dying to hit the mic. I am so angry. Um, HB 357 was dead upon arrival. It was dead the moment that Speaker Bonin appointed a liberal Democrat to chair the Homeland Security Committee. It was dead the moment that he appointed Representative Poncho to 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 chair that committee. And the fact that Chris McNutt is taking the brunt of the um, disappointment, I guess, for lack of a better He's word. He's a scapegoat. Scapegoat. Thank you. It's a much better word. Um, the fact that Chris McNutt is a scapegoat for this that was never going to pass, was never going to get done. The fact that Governor Abbott, Dan Patrick, and Speaker Bonner are not taking into consideration any of the Republican Party legislative priorities this session is appalling. We should be angry. We should be upset. The grassroots, I consider myself part of the grassroots. We should be angry. We should be upset. We should be having community meetings to figure out who the heck we're going to block walk for in 2020 because this is a joke. And if you don't think this is a joke, you're not paying attention. And you are not a true advocate for freedom or liberty because I went to the convention in San Antonio last year. I saw all the people standing up for our rights. I saw all the people testifying in front of the committee. We wanted CBD to be legal. We wanted marijuana to be decriminalized. We want it to be changed. Like we wanted the classific- classification to be changed. We wanted the fine for being caught for a, less of an ounce of marijuana to be $100, and none of those boxes are getting checked. The Republicans, quote, end quote, because I can't truly call them that anymore, 
they're not checking our boxes. We have an entire convention process. We have an entire legislative priorities process, and they're not getting it done. Governor Abbott and Dan Patrick have already made it clear that they're not going to sign any law that comes across, you know, passed by the House and the Senate to reduce penalties for marijuana. They're not going to do it. And when they are running as elected Republicans and we have a platform and we have legislative priorities, the fact that they're not doing that is a slap in the face. Same thing with gun rights. Constitutional carry is a legislative priority for the Republican Party of Texas. It's not a joke. We're not sitting here saying, well, maybe we'll get it done eventually. No, we demand that it be done now. And the fact that HB 357 is not passing because of Chris McNutt block walking is a joke. Bonin is a joke. Dan Patrick is a joke. And this entire session has been nothing but an entirety of a joke. And it's not just the speaker that's holding this up. You're actually right. It's going to be this is the governor. It's the lieutenant governor. Uh, the Speaker of the House, you know, they're all holding it up because there's not even a bill author on the Senate side. So that's going to be, you know, the lieutenant governor. Now, if you don't have an author on the Senate side, then how do you expect, you know, that bill to go forward in the first place? You know, so it's not just the Speaker. You know, you're absolutely correct. It's going to be all three of them that are holding that up for sure. Yeah, it doesn't take much examination to see that this excuse that uh, Bonin gave that, you know, the intimidation thing is just a load of hooey and that it was never a priority in the first place and that maybe there was even a plan to just kill it from the start. <laughs> the fact that Bonin's wife said she was quote-unquote scared and intimidated <laughs> because a man showed up to her home and her shirt had a picture of an AR-15 on He didn't even it get to the joke. door. He didn't even get he, on the property. She wasn't even home. <laughs> Do you tell me how you can be intimidated by someone's shirt where you're not even within 100 yards of them? And it was the same standard Texas Gun Rights of America t-shirt that they've been issuing in the state of Texas for the, at least the past three years. It's not a new design. It's not a new brand. And it's not a new concept. The fact that the grassroots are being condemned for block walking is a big sign of what we have to see in 2020. This next election is going to be a joke and Republicans need to get their thumbs out of their butts and pay attention because we are not being represented. Yeah. And when I went up to the Capitol, when there was stuff going on there, these pro second amendment bills, they, uh, they put them forward and everybody's testifying you know, for these pro-Second Amendment bills, it's like 90% of what you hear is for these bills, but somehow they don't get passed. Even though all the people are saying, yes, this is what we want. They're saying it loud. They're calling representatives, flooding their phones and mail with, you know, telling them, hey, put this bill forward. Vote yes on this bill. And they still don't. I think it's really important that people understand that in order for your vote and your stance to be represented, you have to be at the Capitol. And I know that sucks. I know that we not we can't all take off work. I know that not it's not conducive for everyone in the state of Texas to get in the car and drive to Austin. But unless you show up to the Capitol and register as for, against, or on on a bill, your opinion, unfortunately, is not going to be recognized. You can call your elected officials and you can hope. You can hope that the person that you voted for, the person that you're stuck with is going to represent you. But it's politics and politics sucks. And I don't, I mean, I'm neck deep in it every day. I'm at the Capitol every week. And I don't really know how else to say it except for the fact that 
if you care and if you can, you have to be at the Capitol. You have to register for, against, or on if you want to truly have, you know, a dog in this fight. You have to be there. And there's some good bills that are out there. There's one uh, that wants to yeah, allow you to put your gun in your vehicle in the trunk and lock it in the trunk. Uh, if you're intoxicated, you have a handgun license. There's some bad bills out there. There's one that's, you know, that actually passed the committee and it's on its way to the House floor. And that's going to be House Bill, um, man, what is it? House Bill 1445, which basically says that it's going to add long guns into that. It's going to say, hey, if you have a handgun license, you have a handgun, you have a long gun and you're intoxicated, then it's going to add the long gun to it. Right now, the way the law is written, if you have a handgun license, you have a handgun and you're intoxicated, it's unlawful carrying it's a class A misdemeanor. This bill, 1445, is going to add the long gun into that. And so then also the caveat to that is this bill, House Bill 1445, that's passed the committee on its way to the House floor, actually exempts law enforcement from that. It says, hey, you know, everyone else but except law enforcement. So you might well, you want to check on some stuff because the bills that we're getting out of this out of this session are some bad bills and bills that just just say hey this is already legal you can already do this but we're just going to tell you again that you can already do this. Good. This is not probably going to resonate well with your audience, but can everyone refresh my memory when law enforcement became a different and protected class of society? Why are laws different for them than they are regular citizens and regular license to carry individuals? And why the heck is Dan Patrick advocating to have their student loans dissipated when they become law enforcement officers? They're not better than us. They're not different than us. They chose a job just like the rest of us did. Well, if the elite want the police to carry out, you know, their plan, then they have to put them in their elite status as well. They have to add them to their group. Noted. Right? I forgot this was 1984. <laughs> All right. So we're talking about uh, legislation session <laughs> this year. We're talking about some other stuff. We're talking about the NRA convention. Uh, we're also talking about the mass shooters. And man, we got to get into one more thing. And I want to, there's a, there's some breaking news coming out of the Capitol. I'm going to talk about that. This is Michael Cargill. And you are listening to Come and Talk It. Yo, what's going on, guys? It's Jack Jones here, and I get my gun news from Michael Cargill on Come and Talk It. Talk 1370. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're like seconds away from getting a massage in the studio here <laughs> with this, this rubber ball. What is this thing you pulled out? This is an acupressure ball that I got from the conference I was just at. Oh, man. In Austin? Yeah, man. It's like and a. It, is this thing still going on? I can get oh, some wow. freebies out there. Just no, ended. man, it just ended a Are couple you hours serious? ago. Oh, no. I want to go out there and get some freebies. A lot of freebies. Dude, check the garbage, man. They dump them. They oh, dump. They- 
there's so there's like thousands of dollars worth of products that get dumped in the All right, so at, at the show here, we're going to run by here and, and, and check the trash. It's probably the best dumpster it's diving in, in all of Austin. This is what I do. <laughs> I love you, but I'm not dumpster diving with you. Oh, man, we're going dumpster Under diving. Under any circumstances. We're definitely going to go dumpster I'll diving. I'll sit in the car and keep it running. I'll be like your getaway driver. That'll work. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, hey, so we're talking about the speaker. We're talking about the Capitol. And uh, speaking of the constitutional carry bill and all this mess with the Speaker of the House, uh, uh, the Speaker intended, and, and this is a, a statement from, um, I think, McNutt, and, uh, and then it said the Speaker intended to kill the bill the moment it, he appointed an anti-Democrat to chair the committee he assigned to bill the bill to, uh, McNutt said, referencing State Rep. Poncho Navarez, a Democrat from Eagle Pass, who chairs the House Homeland Security Committee. And it's funny because um, we're doing a documentary and we're, where we're documenting the just the process, how things are, are playing out with gun bills and stuff like that for the state of Texas. And so this documentary, which is going to air next year, it's not going to air now. I actually did an interview with State Representative Pancho Navarez in his office. I sat down and, you know, we and it was I was expected to go kind of go back and forth with him. But then Representative Navarez started talking. And when he started talking, I just I just, I chose to be quiet and let him talk because this was late at night. It was after a committee hearing and he's just started saying stuff. And you're going to hear in this documentary and it, we're not going to play it for you right now. I'm keeping this. <laughs> we're not going to release it just yet. But what you're going to hear down the road is you're going to hear State Representative Navarez actually say the reason that he is, you know, there in that position as House Homeland Security Committee chair is to provide cover for the Republicans who don't want to work on who don't want to vote on certain bills. And so he can keep those bills from coming out. We actually have that on camera audio and visual in his office why are you waiting a whole year isn't it gonna kind of be not, irrelevant hey, to uh not not what's really going on we still have more stuff we're trying to do we still have more things we're trying to record and stuff like that it's still ongoing process but that was actually it was a shock to me you know that he actually said this no i'm not releasing it yet it's not a shock if for anyone who's been following gun rights in the texas ledge for the past few years Everyone's been saying, oh, Speaker Strauss was the issue. Well, he's gone, and we still have Governor Abbott and Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, and here we are singing the same song that we've been singing for the past few legislative sessions. The Speaker wasn't the problem. Your elected officials are the problem. The people that you keep voting in because they have dash R next to their name are the problem. You, yes, you, the voters, are not voting for Republicans. Pay attention Go to your primaries. Go to your your candidate debates. Pay attention. You can't sit here and be up in arms and so upset because, oh, no, constitutional carry didn't get passed again. When you don't pay attention, you are responsible for your elected officials. You, Lake Jackson, Texas, you voted for Speaker Bonin. You did this. And I bet I you the people that are in Lake Jackson, there's some people that are actually expecting this bill to pass. And they're going to be shocked. You know, why didn't it happen? You know, it didn't happen because um, because someone went down and, and did something and knocked on the wrong door. Anyone who expected HB 357 to pass this session with Speaker Bonin as speaker hasn't been paying attention to his last few years as a representative of the state of Texas. Yeah, He has never been a friend to guns. 
And then I want to change gears a little bit and go back to talking about the mass shooters. You know what? Uh, we have this shooting, um, the Columbine shooting that happened, that a lot of your shooters are taking that shooting scenario there and they're trying to mimic it and outdo those shooters. You know, that was kind of the one, the Columbine shooting was the one that actually, you know, sparked a lot of things. It changed the way law enforcement, res- uh, law enforcement responds to shootings. Um, as far as you know, law enforcement getting on the scene and trying to stop the shooter before rendering first aid, it actually changed a lot of things. And so what we're finding is that you know, a lot of people are, are glorifying them to the fact that they're trying to – like this, this young lady you know, actually went from Florida all the way to Colorado because she was trying to you know, do the, the same type of shooting again on the anniversary of the Columbine shooting. And then you, you have the, the situation in, in Florida, the high school shooting there that happened on Valentine's Day where this guy that executed this shooting, and I'm, I'm trying not to mention her names on purpose, the one that did this shooting, you know, he's locked up, he's in jail, and you have ladies that are proposing to him, wanting to marry him, you know, and he's locked up. He's a killer. And, and these people, it's just, I just don't get it. I don't understand. I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, man. I think one of the biggest issues here is, uh, and this is something that we say in like the personal development health world a lot, where attention goes, energy flows, right? So if you magnify these events through the media, through social media, traditional media, and you put a magnifying glass over it, you're sending more attention to it. And then people, you know, take it as like a competition. And, uh, Ultimately, that manifests as kind of like what we're seeing here, people trying to outdo each other with these horribly tragic events. And uh, honestly, it's it's hard because it's like you you want to talk about what we can do to solve these things, but the very act of bringing your attention to them makes more you know sick, twisted people want to to outdo other people that have already committed these kind of acts. So, and, but I think a lot of them were lonely. You know, they were lonely. Uh, they weren't dating. They were single. Oh, yeah. And because I, I can't see someone who's, you know, who's got a significant other who's in a happy relationship or in a relationship period going out and killing random people. No, dude. Psychosis is a huge issue with, with these people. No doubt about that. Because yeah, you take the Virginia Tech where 32 people were killed, you know, in that situation. And he was uh, actually stalking two female classmates. And that was the whole reasoning behind that. End up killing, you know, 32 people. And, you know, so it was just, ah. Crazy, and then um, and then you you know you speed forward. You go to California, where you know uh, six were wounded in, in an incident in California in 2014. Same thing. All these killers have something in common, um, and the things they have in common is they're they're like you said, they're lonely, they're single, maybe they're picked on. I don't know. Yeah, man, we definitely need a solution for this, but where. We are looking for the solution and controlling, you know, and uh, diminishing the Second Amendment rights of our citizens. That's not the answer, right? It's like we need more love for each other. We need to heal ourselves mentally, um, you know, and that that is where the uh, the solution lies, not in taking away rights from our citizens. I think it's really important to not skate over the mental health aspect of um, of a of mass shooters. I think that's something that we as a society and as a country need to focus more on. We need to be more sympathetic to that and offer more help rather than judgment. We live in a very judgmental society 
And I think that if you see someone who is hurting, reach out to them, say hi, say, hey, what can I do for you? Um, we are not happy, but we do live. Not everyone is happy all the time. Let me rephrase. I'm a pretty happy person, so I feel crappy saying that. Um, but we only post our best moments, you know? No one's going to post a selfie of them crying because they just got dumped over some crappy guy that they shouldn't have been wasting their time on anyway. But they're going to post that happy brunch photo of them and their friends, hashtag selfie, hashtag friends, hashtag brunch Sunday, right? So they're going to post that, but they're not going to post the fact that they're at home by themselves on a Saturday and they're upset. We need to be more cognitive of the fact that social media is not our lives and take into consideration that people may be hurting and they may, may be sad and, and embrace them and bring them into our lives and focus on helping rather than judging. Yeah. As somebody that makes their living through social media, I can tell you that everything you're seeing is a highlight reel of that person's life. The best moments, the best relationships, the best food. None of that is representative of the way that they are living their lives the majority of the time. And if you just plug yourself into that digital world and you're just seeing that all the time, it's easy to fall into despair and loneliness and start hating yourself, yourself and then directing that hatred out towards other people. Zach? Yeah, it's tough because it's not like you can just post everything on social media. You just want to post the good stuff. And then everybody else seeing that, uh, it's like there's a sick, twisted sense of that being the standard that, you know, you have to be feeling that too, or you should be feeling that, like this highlight reel, when it, in fact it's just all the best moments and none of the bad. No one starts out as an active shooter. No one is like, I'm going to grow up and I'm going to be the next Columbine. No one wants that to be their story. But society and mental health and balances and and not having an outlet or not having support, and there's so many different things that can pour into that, that makes them think that that's the only step. This is my only way out. I'm not happy and these people cost it. All right, I want to thank our guest, Blake Bowman, for coming on the show. As always, more guns equals less crime. You go out there and you buy yourself a gun. You've been listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.